We're in Psalms. We're praying the summer in Psalms, and our, our heart, our thought is that if you pray the Psalms all summer, it'll become a habit, and you'll just start praying the Psalms year-round. There's something special in the Psalms that is, as Janie had mentioned a minute ago, very refreshing. Uh, it is a, almost a partnership with David and Asaph and the sons of Korah and Moses and those uh, who wrote the Psalms. David wrote we, somewhere between half and two-thirds of the Psalms. There's a partnership there. There's a connection. When you read, uh, I like to read, uh, and whenever I read, I, I look for certain authors, and then I, I feel like I can learn the author a little bit as I read. And so as we read the books of the Bible, as we read Psalms, we start to learn the author a little bit. And David has a lot of turmoil in his life. He's just really, he's struggling, okay? And, and it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have turmoil. Uh, it's, okay to, it's okay to be real. It's okay to be authentic. It's okay to, to operate and say, you know, I, I don't have it all figured out. David didn't, but in David's writings, he knows one that does. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God Almighty. Because, you know, when the fall took place, things came in that God told Adam and Eve, that's not going to be good. And yet he created, uh, you know, a way out, and, and his name is Jesus. And so when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, still some things happen. You know, sometimes there's sickness or disease, death. There's just different stuff. There's killings and bad things that happen, but we have to rise above that to someone who knows what's going on. So today we're going to talk about Psalms 23. It's a, it, everybody knows Psalms 23. Five or six years ago, I encouraged our church to read Psalms 23 every day, to say the Lord's Prayer every day, and then pray the prayer of Jabez uh, every day. And, and I have done that, I think, nearly every day for the last six years. And I would encourage you to do the same thing even as we go through Psalms. So whatever Psalm we read on Sunday, maybe read it through the week or what Jane and I do. We take a different psalm every day. We read it, and that's our prayer, and we read it as a prayer to the Lord. And so we have our own prayer times. We pray for people, and we pray for our church. We pray for God to move in our country and around the world. But then we take time out and read the psalms. And the psalms are, again, they're refreshing. They're like a glass of iced tea uh, on your back porch. Or they're, they're a nice summer breeze when it's hot out. This is the psalms. And, and God has empowered us. He's given us the psalms. They're 25 or 26, 2700 years old. And so it's, they're ancient, but they're current. It's one of the, the few uh, scriptures where you can just make them apply uh, today. So we're going to read through Psalm 23, but I'm going to pray first because I, I don't want you to have any preconceived notions. I'd like you to maybe push a reset on the psalm today, uh, not think like you know where it's going, but just be open to the things that God has in store. Uh, David, whether he knows it or not, incorporates the different Jehovah's through Psalms 23, and we'll bring out some of those, but there's some really cool cultural things that we'll bring out as well. So let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your psalms. We thank you for David, Lord, a man who had many flaws and errors, but Lord was a man after your own heart as well. So open our hearts, open our ears, our minds to hear and receive everything that you have for uh, us today. And let this apply to our lives the way we are right now. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, 
Amen. It's summertime. You know, we got travelers, we have vacationers, we have people that are coming and going in and out. Uh, but yet, you were here by design today. There is a reason, there's a purpose that God had you here or watching or listening online, whether you're in, you know, Florida or South Carolina, Nebraska, Missouri, or Iowa, Montana, or Oregon, or California, New York. We have people that watch from all those states, Texas. Wherever you're at today, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Um, there's different quotes maybe uh, in your or my lifetime that maybe you read uh, in a history book. Uh, Patrick Henry said, uh, give me liberty or give me death. We learned that in, in history class growing up. Um, John F. Kennedy said at his inauguration, um, that's not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Jesus said in John's gospel that for this cause I was born. And I can only assume that as he's talking to Pontius Pilate that there's, this is like now Pontius Pilate's thinking, this is a guy that I can't, I, I can't deal with this guy. He, he's like, he's not afraid to die. He's ready just to, to give it up. He's got a divine purpose and a plan and then another well-quoted, well-meaning uh, scripture or quote is, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse number one of Psalms 23, and we'll go there because we'll, uh, we'll start to define it. The Lord is my shepherd, Rohi, I shall not want, Jira. So we see here early on in Psalms 23 that, the, that David is being uh, declarative. He's declarating who God is to him, that there's a, a shepherd here. And we look at this word shepherd, and it's the first time it's used in coordination with, with God or Jehovah, that he's, he's shepherd. He's, there's something amazing here, and yet David makes it very personal. The Lord is my shepherd. And this is where we learn that uh, we can serve God, but now we can make God personal. We make God personal through Christ as far as the New Testament, and David made God personal through Jehovah, the Lord is, in the Old Testament. And so I imagine, uh, as I take some pulpit liberties, when David is writing this, that maybe he's on a river bank somewhere. Uh, maybe it's a grassy field, and he's looking over not only the water where his sheep are tending to, but he's also looking over his sheep. And I wonder maybe, because his older brothers would also, uh, would often uh, persecute uh, David or look down at David. In fact, when they were fighting Goliath, um, Jesse, David's father, said, go take this cheese and bread to uh, your brothers in the field. They're fighting Goliath. And so he went down there, and Abinadab, Eliab, and Shammah uh, looked at David and said, uh, what are you doing here? Why aren't you tending to those few sheep that you have? So in other words, they were putting him down. You're just a shepherd boy. You don't even have a whole lot of sheep. You're, you're just really not good for anything. And, and David, uh, maybe sarcastically, although I think not, uh, says, well, I, uh, why, are, why is Goliath still alive? Why haven't you uh, killed Goliath yet? And they basically run him out of town, get out of here, uh, and he leaves the cheese and the bread. But David doesn't get offended by it. But at the same time, I think he's sitting on the riverbank. He's looking at the sheep. He's looking at the water. He's looking at his life, which is not very old. And he's thinking, yeah, I'm just a shepherd boy. And then the thought comes in by the power of the Holy Spirit, but you are my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. This, this is really important because God, through Christ, the Lord is, Jehovah, is our shepherd. 
He's our, he's our sheep herder. In fact, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, and I lay, the, I lay my life down for my, my sheep. We, we hear, we see these things, and we think, yeah, but you're kind of distant, Lord. You're, you're, you're up there. You're, you're in heaven. You're, you're God. What do you know about my problems, my situations, my understanding? And, and God is saying, because if we make him personal, through his son, Jesus Christ. And yes, he becomes our, our shepherd. We've talked about this back in March, but I'll reiterate it for people that maybe were out of town. The, 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 the shepherd had, a, had a, a job that was tending to the sheep. And when they would park the sheep at night, they had two different places. One was a city gate inside the city. They would put their sheep in a big pen, and it had a gate, and that gate would be locked. And all the sheep would be with other shepherds' sheep. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. See, when Jesus calls you by name, you need to be able to hear him. He shouldn't be a distant figure for you. He should be someone very personable. He should be someone very uh, intimate. So we have this intimacy with Christ and, and the gates locked and he protects us and he keeps us and he keeps us from wolves and he keeps us from lions and bears and all those different things. And we walk with him. And David is writing this on the riverbank saying, yeah, this is, he's my shepherd. But they had another pin out in the country and that pin in the country because no one would have a lock to the gate, didn't have a gate. You would put your sheep in that uh, pin and then you would lay down across it had a six-foot opening, and the shepherd would lay down, and he would make sure that there would be no uh, sheep. He would make sure, or she would make sure that there was no lion or no bear. There would be no, no wolves, rather. No sheep would get out, and nothing bad would get in. They would lay their life down. So Jesus uses this cultural analogy to show us that, yes, we are sheep, and yes, sometimes sheep do bite, and sometimes sheep back talk, and sometimes sheep are, are mean, but sheep are followers. And we're all followers of Christ Jesus because he is the great shepherd. Can you say amen? See, here's the thing, is if we go away and we walk away, and I've taught this back in, in March as well, if we go away too many times and you wonder, well, where, you know, how come, you know, how come the Lord doesn't care? He does care. In fact, the sheep would have its back leg broken. We talked about that. And then, and then you see the picture sometimes of, of the sheep on the shepherd's shoulders. Why? Because it actually makes it harder for the shepherd. He's got to break the sheep's back leg, puts them on the shoulders, and he's got to carry them to the pasture. And then he lets the sheep down, and then he's got to let that sheep lean against him because he's got, the sheep's got to eat. And sometimes when you think your life is broken, battered, destroyed, it's just the Lord saying, come lean on me so that I can, I can show you where greener pastures are. So we can't run off by ourselves all the time and say, well, you know, God doesn't care. God does care. He cares. He cares so much about every person here. He wouldn't have sent Jesus if he doesn't care. At the same time, some of us feel like maybe we have a broken leg. And I would say this, it's not because God doesn't care, it's because he cares more. He just needs you to lean on him for a while. And so they would, the shepherd would pick up that sheep, walk it to another pasture, put it down, and then it would just, he would allow that sheep to lean on him, never break a front leg because that was their eating legs, but he'd break a back leg just to make sure he knew 
all right? That, she, that sheep knew that that shepherd cared for him. God cares for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It means he's provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. Abraham throws it out there the very first time when Isaac says, well, I see the fire, I see the altar, I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide. Simple faith testament by Abraham, and David says the same thing. I shall not want. I don't have need of anything, although we have many needs. And you say, Pastor, but I have needs. I need, I need this or I need that. I need this and I need that. I need a healing or I need a miracle or I need uh, salvation or I need my family to come. What, what, he really hear, what he's saying here is by God being provider is my trust is in you, Father. I know on your time frame. I know that I'm walking through this life and maybe things aren't exactly the way I want them to be, but I shall not want because you are my need provider. You provide all my, you are my gyra. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my righteousness. You are, you are all these things for me, but you provide for me as you see fit, just like the shepherd will provide for the sheep. Oh, they may have to go find another pastor. They may have to go find another pin. He may have to call them by name. He might even have to snap off a leg. I know that sounds mean and rude, and, but it was for the sheep's benefits, that sheep that stopped running away, that leg would be broken so they have it to lean upon. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. I shall not want Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Verse number two then goes on. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He is my Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. The, 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 the shepherd could lead the sheep. I think the old saying is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink because they're stubborn sometimes. And sheep sometimes would follow another sheep just right off the side of a hill because they're just walking. They kind of walk with their head down. But in that way, God wants us to follow him. Why? Because he'll lead you to greener pastures. He'll lead you to peaceful settings. He'll lead you to places in your life that, yes, that makes sense. I, I know uh, for a fact when we were younger, Janie and I were younger, and I'd, trying to go to night school and, and, and working during the day and losing different jobs because of the economy and places closing down, he always would lead us to another pastor. He would always lead us in. As long as we didn't complain, as long as we stopped pointing the finger, not the, not that one finger. Isaiah 56 or 58 says, if you stop pointing the finger and complaining and making it somebody else's fault, God would be our rear guard. God would look out for us. God would show us. And I think that's true in the church world because we get consumed by society and we get consumed by other you know, problems that are prevalent in the world that we forget that there is a higher power and his name is God and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we, don't, and, we, and, we, and we start to look at things that bring us anxiety and they bring us grief and they bring us tremor and we can't sleep at night. And all of a sudden, David is saying here, now remember, David, again, is writing most of these psalms in a cave. He's running from Saul. He's, he's disjointed from his family. He's been anointed king once already, but he's not feeling the fruit of it. It's like it was a projection. It was an anoint, a, a prophetic anointing by the prophet. You're going to be king. The anointing jumps from Saul over to David, but he's not feeling it. Like you maybe have had promises in your life that it doesn't seem like they've been fulfilled yet. You need to lay your head down at night knowing that God is in charge. 
knowing that those promises will be fulfilled on God's time frame. He will take care of it. He will meet the need. You may have a son or a daughter that maybe is wayward or a friend or a family member or maybe a, a, a physical issue or, or something in your life. Maybe it's a, a psychological issue. You know this, that when you cast all your cares upon him, he cares for you. He's going to move in that manner. He's going to make sure that those things work out, that you can have perfect peace, a peace that no one can give you, only God. And he generally does it through the power of the Holy Spirit. He becomes our comfort, our counselor. He becomes our, our helper. Our, he becomes our, our person that all of a sudden when the world is haywire and nobody knows how to work it out, nobody's got it figured out, nobody understands what's going on, that you can have a peace that passes all understanding. How does that happen? That's God. And we understand that David is writing this psalm, again, um, pulpit interpretation by a riverbank, and he's just sitting there. And maybe, yes, his, his family's against him. His brothers are they're obstinate. They don't, they don't like him. He's just a young kid. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just got a few sheep. He's not really amounting anything. He's just really doing no good. And all these things are happening, and yet he's pinning this beautiful psalm that 2,500 years later, we're still reading. And yet now we're reading it with power. We're reading it with authority because when he makes him his shepherd, when he makes that authority, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I'm going to lie down in green pastures. He's saying, Lord, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to rest at night. I'm going to have this Jehovah Shalom peace. Verse number three, then he goes on to say, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. That restoration is Rapha. He's my healer. And so even though sometimes we don't incur a body healing that maybe we're praying for, that we know we need, that we understand, he gives us a, a spiritual healing. He gives us an emotional healing that allows us to handle this, this thing from the fall. All right, the, the all sin, sickness, disease, infirmities come from the fall. Why does God not heal every person all the time, all the way? I'm, I'm not sure. I, that's called heaven. But I know this, that anything that we walk through, he can heal us on a spiritual nature. He can heal us on a, an emotional nature. We can all, all of a sudden, we can now handle things that go through our life because it's Jehovah Rapha. He restores my soul. When I'm hurting, when I'm down, when I'm out, when things do not turn out the way I had hoped them, he gives me healing. He gives me Rapha. And I know, I know and I believe in healing, physical healing. I know and I believe in spiritual healing. I know and I believe in uh, relational healing and emotional healing. And I know this, that every person that Jesus healed, they still ended up dying. Okay? And so life here in this earth suit is temporal. But we can walk through it with peace. We can walk through it with healing if we walk through it in the name of Jesus as our shepherd. He's our, he's our healer. He, and David is saying this. David's saying, he's, he's my Rapha. He's my healer. This is, this is Jesus. He, he's going to heal me. He's going to heal my situation. And David, remember, he's running from one king. He's running from a, another crowd. The Philistines are mad at him. Saul's mad at him. He's in a cave. He's got people that are disgruntled and distressed. He's trying to build an army. He's doing all these things. And he's sitting on a riverbank. Maybe he's got a fishing pole in. I don't know. But he certainly has a pen and paper. And he's jotting down his notes. And he's saying, he restores my soul. Maybe you've messed up. Certainly I have. 
And I needed that restoration to take place. You see on some of the home shows, they'll take a perfectly good table and they'll beat it with chains and all that to make it look weathered and worn. I'm like, just go to church for a while. Those people will beat you up and make it look weathered and worn. I take something perfectly good and make it look all rough. And Jesus takes something that's really rough and makes it look perfectly good because that's what he does. He restores our soul. He restores the innermost part of us that nobody can really see, that nobody knows about, but it's the most important thing to him. The outside is just a box. I mean, and, and we want our boxes to look good, and sometimes we even want our boxes to look a little fake. We put a mask on, and church is good, and everything's great. And then we go home and on the car, ride home. We're fighting, and we're arguing, and we're, we're cussing, and we're yelling and screaming, and we're shouting. And, and then we come back in the, the church, and we put the mask back on, and everything looks really good. But Jesus really wants to restore us. He wants us inside and out. He wants us to be healed from the head down. He wants us to walk in perfect love and unity with him. And that's the restoration that he's talking about. Then he, he leads me in paths of righteousness, Jehovah's Sid Canoe, for his namesake. That's, that means simply right ways. The Lord is our righteousness. Our, filthy, our good works are as filthy rags. And so sometimes what happens is we want people to see our right ways, our, our righteousness, but that's more of a legalism. I'm going to do things right because people are watching. But Jesus says if you just do things right because I'm watching, that's a better way. And your right ways may make other people mad. They might get upset with you or angry at you or, or, or mad at you. But as long as you're doing right things right ways for God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ, you'll be okay. Other people don't have to understand how you are, the way you are. But again, we morph into legalism if we're only doing things right because someone's watching. Oh yeah, they're looking at me. I'm going to do this right. I'm not going to do that because that's not who I should be in front of them. But then again, we put that mask on and and we, we become two people. God just wants you the way you are. And he wants to heal us from the inside out. Then he wants us to help, walk, help us walk in these right ways. And this is what David was saying when he goes down and takes the cheese and the bread. I love grilled cheese. Anybody like grilled cheese? Uh, see? Oh. I mean, if McDonald's would serve grilled cheese, I'd eat there almost every day. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Janie makes the best grilled cheese there ever is. They, like, she should write the book on it. Her grilled cheese are epic. Tomato soup, and then you dip it, right? You dip the grilled cheese in tomato soup. I, you know, I, come on. It's, it's better than filet mignon. It is. I'm just saying. It's epic. Well, that's what David was taking to his brothers, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Well, it says cheese and bread. I'm making artist interpretation. Grilled cheese and, and, and tomato soup. And David is like, I'm, I'm the least of the least. He's got kind of a Gideon complex. I'm the youngest of eight. And, he, and I, my brothers don't like me. They don't respect me. They don't look out for me. They, they, I'm kind of offended by them and, and all these things. And, and yet David steps back and says, wait a second. Why am I looking at worldly, earthly things when the creator of the universe is my shepherd? Like he owns me. And you can say the same exact thing. Why do I really worry what's going on? Yeah, I want to improve. Yeah, I want to be better. Yeah, I want to do, I want to be blessed. Yeah, I want to be all these things. But more than anything, I want what God wants. 
If I can be what God wants me to be, and one of the things that he says is that you'll lead me in the paths that are right for me. And so when we pray and we ask God to lead us, sometimes we pray and ask God to lead us, but it's, it's kind of a prayer of religiosity. Like you already have your mind set up, right? I'm going to do this, but I'll pray about it. But I'm going to do it anyways. No, God says, go ahead and ask him and then, then allow him to move out front and then follow him, right? And the reason that is because he knows which ways are right. He's like that built-in GPS. When GPS first came out, we and Janie and Marcus and Andrew were in Dallas, Texas, and we were looking for a restaurant. And, and uh, you know, they, things improve. And there's a reason why it's a lady's voice, because men always listen to ladies and they give good instructions and directions. And Janie always has this inherent way of knowing what's going on. She's, a, she's, she's the best clue game player ever. Whenever I play clue, I just guess whatever she guesses, and she gets mad and never invites me to play clue with her. She, she's like unstoppable. Well, the GPS, this was years ago, and we were in Dallas, and, and Marcus had, was talking to his phone. That's what we call it, talk to your phone. Ask your phone. <laughs> Ask your phone. That's old people talk. Ask your phone where this restaurant is. And he was asking his phone. And finally, the lady on the phone, you know, whatever her name is, she's, Marcus said, can you tell me where? And she said something. Marcus said, can you tell me? And then finally, she said, frankly, Marcus, I don't know. <laughs> True. I was, yeah, frankly, Marcus, I was wondering that myself. Like, he asked where a good restaurant was. And she said, frankly, Marcus, I've been wondering that myself. Like, we looked at each other just... We don't have to wonder in Christ. We have to follow in Christ. We don't have to wonder how things are going to work out. We just have to be there to follow. He'll find the right way for us. Now, you know, Alexa and Ceres and all those different automated things, they've, they're much improved. And they, they give you the shortcut, they give you the long cut, and they give you all those things. That's, in a way, is how the Holy Spirit works. It's not always the way we want to go, but in Christ, it's always the best way. And even in our flaws and failures, he'll show us a better way. Let's go on to the next verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's Jehovah Nisi, because he's our victory. The scripture says, even though a, a, a standard would raise up against us, a flood would come over us, uh, enemies would, would bind us or try to cut us down, that God raises a bigger standard up against us, against them. He helps us. He walks us through. And, and we feel like we're in that valley. But valleys are important. Valleys help us to ascend the mountain. Valleys help us grab character. Valleys help us grab integrity. Valleys help us become the person Christ wants us to be. And David says, even though I walk through that valley, that shadow of death, there, there's this valley that you would bring the sheep through. And he had to bring the sheep through the valley. And if he didn't bring the sheep through the valley, the sheep are, aren't going to eat. And so sometimes we have to go through these valleys in our life. We, we love the mountaintop, but it's not always where we can eat. Things don't grow on the mountains. In fact, if you go to Colorado, you see the tree line, and above the tree line is more mountain. And above the tree line, nothing grows there because there's, there's, it's just rock. So you have to come in the valley sometimes in order to be able to eat the things that God wants you to nourish. 
This is where you find Christ. This is where you find God. This is where you, this is where you find the, the habitat is down in the valley. That's where the, the water runs down and things are greener and fresher. So it's, it's not always a valley of death. It's, a, it's where God will meet you because Jehovah Nisi, that banner, that victory, is where he will provide for you. For you are with me. That's Jehovah Shammah. He's present. So wherever I am, God is. Wherever you are, God is. Christ is. Wherever you know to be, Christ will be there with you. You take him wherever you go. We used to tell that to our kids when they were in high school. We would let our kids go to parties and different things. And maybe you judge differently or uh, however you raise your kids, that's up to you. But we would always say, now remember who's going with you. Janie would always say, remember the Holy Spirit's going with you. Jesus is going with you. And if you ever get in trouble, you call us. We'll come get you out. And then we'll talk about it. We never wanted our kids to be afraid to call home. Don't ever be afraid to call Jesus. He already knows what's going on. He knows if you're in a valley. You don't have to fake it. I hate that phrase, fake it till you make it. No, just give in. Give up and allow the Lord. You don't, otherwise, the church is a bunch of fakes. What, what are you really feeling? How are you really like? What's really going on in your life? Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Good. Really? No, I mean, good that you can be open. Now let's pray about it. Because if someone says, Are you, how are you doing? I'm doing good, all right? I just take you for your word. <laughs> Pastor don't care. You said you were all right. <laughs> oh, you're a liar. I'm sorry. I, I, I should have known that. <laughs> you put me in a tough spot. You're either a right or you're a liar. You're good or you're bad. I mean, I don't know. You're faking or you're not faking. What's going on? We have prayer at the end of service. We want you to tell people what really is going on. You, you see what I'm saying? God knows what's going on, but he needs you to say it. He needs you to talk about it. He needs you to understand that, listen, he's a shepherd and he really cares. He loves you. David is getting it right now. David's understanding, hey, I'm just not a, I'm just not a sheep herder. I'll, uh, the shepherd loves me. And, and because the shepherd loves me, because the shepherd loves us and he's present, his rod and his staff, they're going to comfort me. Now, rod and staff are basically instruction and correction. We don't like to be corrected. We've all, we all been taught, you're right, your way's right. <laughs> Everything's right. Who's right? Everybody's right. <laughs> no, God's right. And, but he, he wants to instruct us. He wants to correct us. And the rod and, and the staff of her, the staff had a hook on it, and it would pull the sheep back in. Where was it pulling the sheep from? The sheep that were wandering away, the sheep that were going to fly off a cliff, the sheep that were going to get hurt, going to get caught in a thicket, the sheep that were going to be eaten by wolves. He would pull them back in. You have to allow Jesus to pull you back in sometimes. It's important. We don't like that because we're, we're selfish people sometimes. And we don't, want, we don't want the rod and the, the staff to correct us. But David said, hey, it's actually a pretty good thing. Let's move on, continue to go forward. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wow. This is what they call the Bourdain Law, which is in the Middle East. And 
Bordean law has been law for some 4,000 years, that if someone knocked on your door, whether they were an enemy or friend or foe, they knocked on your door, you were supposed to give them treatment. You were supposed to give them food, water. If they, were, if they had cuts or, or were hurt in any way, you had to bandage them up. And this is the lone survivor story, Marcus Luttrell. He, he, got, he got picked up by an Afghanistan family, and they took care of him and put their own family at risk. And, 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 and what David is saying here is, even though everything around me is crossways. There, I've got people against me, got people that hate me, got people that won't accept me, got people that, that think bad of me. Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm only focused on you. Like, you, you are my sights. You are, you are what I'm looking for. You are, you are what I'm going after. I'm, I'm going to have almost tunnel vision for a second. I'm not going to matter what they say. I don't care what they think. Lord, I only care what you think. You prepare a table before me. You make this in the presence of my enemies. You ahoy, anoint my head with oil. When uh, the, the, in this culture, 2,500 years ago, when they would have someone over for dinner. Now, Janie doesn't do this, but we might try it next time. When you have somebody over for dinner, they would take a, a cup of oil and they would dump it on the person's head to honor their guests. And so next time we have a, a dinner, we'll, we'll grab somebody and just pour oil on their head. It was, it was honored. We, we look at this as anointing oil. We look at this as, as God calls you special. God calls you honored. Think of David is saying it, but he's saying it on our behalf. You anoint my head with oil. There's an anointing that flows over you if you allow yourself to be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm anointed. I'm fresh. I'm, I'm honored. Think about that. You know yourself. I know me. And yet God honors me at his table. Oh, my. I mean, I know my thoughts and my ideas. I know my selfish desires and ambitions. And yet God calls me friend. And he honors you and he honors me at his table. My cup overflows. Now, remember, this is a shepherd speaking. And the shepherd isn't like, for years, I thought this was just a chalice. Like, this is a cup. No, the shepherd's cup was about 50 gallons of water. It was hewn out of stone. It was immovable. David's looking at that shepherd's cup, and the water's flowing over, and the water's running over. And he's like, my cup runneth over. I don't have to fill up that 50 gallons for my sheep. You caused this to run over. God, you are so good. It's like a double portion or a double anointing. It's double favors. God, pour things over you and making them fresh each and every day. We have a little bird bath outside the back of our house and, and the birds come in, they flap their wings and clean themselves off. And, and when they are staying away from it, we know the water's warm or maybe there's some bacteria growing. So we'll empty it and wash it out, fill it back up with cold water and then they come back in. God should be like a cold drink of water to you. Jesus should be like that Holy Spirit anointing just flows through you. And every day you should just cry out to him with a Psalm 23 or another Psalm that says, Lord, you are my shepherd. I will not want, I shall not want, I do not want. Lord, I just want you. I need more of you and more and more and more and more and more of you. And then we go on to the last one, surely goodness and mercy. M. Kadesh my sanctifier. That's mercy because we're not in and of ourselves. We're not that way. In and of ourselves, we're not merciful. In and of ourselves, we're not holy. In and of ourselves, we're not 
in, in that realm. In and of ourselves, we, we're a little selfish. In and of ourselves, we, we, we want goodness and mercy, but we're not really giving out goodness and mercy. In of ourselves, David is realizing that I'm going to start giving out what I haven't been got given, and they shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever this dwelling place. He's, he's certainly not dwelling there. Come on back, worship team, worship members. He's not dwelling there. He's allowing the Lord to dwell here. And we're not in heaven, but we can be part of heaven. And if we're waiting for just heaven to show up, then we've probably got it wrong because just like the Matthew 25 ministries were we're supposed to take heaven to people. We're supposed to be those type of things to people. But that, I, I saw an analogy years ago, and I'll, I'll do it. I wish it was mine. It's not really mine, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Dale, come up here for a second, and, and Joel, come, just stand down here. I'll, I'll come down with you guys. This guy's a giant, isn't he? He's big. He works out. What do you do? Okay. <laughs> Eat cheeseburgers. So, your name's goodness. Your name's mercy. All right. Now, think about that for a second because David said, Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. So, sometimes we need a word picture. Like, because if we don't see God or if we don't see Jesus, we don't see the Holy Spirit, we don't see goodness or mercy or grace, we as the church have to present it to people. Because the only Jesus they may ever see or know is the ones that you're carrying around. If you're carrying around a mean Jesus, they're going to think all mean all Jesus is mean. If you're carrying around a good Jesus, then it's like, wow. If you're carrying around goodness and mercy wherever you go. So I'm just me. I'm David. You're goodness and mercy. And you're going to follow me wherever I go. All my life, goodness and mercy. It says right there. And goodness and mercy shall follow me all of my life. So wherever I go, this goodness and mercy goes with me. And sometimes I try to run ahead of them. I don't know if they can catch up or not because they're, well, they're not. That one guy's a little slow. I'm not sure about him. He might take a shortcut. There he goes. <laughs> he, he'd have to shortcut it. Uh, I don't know if they can. Goodness and mercy. I'm not sure. You guys should have ran yesterday. Goodness. Where are they at? I lost them. Oh, about to hit mercy head on. <laughs> Goodness and mercy will follow you wherever you go. Think about that for a second. Next time you walk, thanks guys, stand with me. Next time, thank you. Next time you find yourself in trouble. Next time you find yourself without. Next time you find yourself wondering, where's God? Just look around, because goodness and mercy are here. God's promise to you through David is that goodness and mercy will follow you forever. And when you get to heaven, maybe it's a spirit, maybe it's a person, maybe it's an entity. At some point in time, you're going to show up, and goodness and mercy are going to be there. And you're going to say, wow. I didn't realize that was really, like, real. I saw a pastor running around dumb, like a dummy in the auditorium, a couple guys chasing. But that's real? Yeah. That's real. Why is it real? Because you need it, and I need it, and we need it together. And if goodness and mercy will follow us, 
It assures that we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jenny and the team are going to sing Psalm 23. We just read it. Here's what I want you to do. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need restoration. Maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe you need joy. Maybe you need a double portion. As they sing this song together today, I want you to receive David's prayer. Can we really quickly put up 2 Samuel, the fifth, fifth chapter and the second verse? David was anointed three times. I won't get into the depth of it. It's a study in itself. David, that little shepherd boy that his brothers made fun of, who said, the Lord is my shepherd, is now the Lord said to you, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel. Now he's not herding sheep. He's shepherding people. Whatever trial God has you going through, it's for your making and not your breaking. He may, you, he, may, he may use you to heal somebody. He may, he may use you to bless somebody. He may use you to teach somebody, to disciple somebody. He may be bringing you through a valley because he's got such a great work for you, and yet we're cutting him off because we don't want the trial. We don't want the, we don't want the, the, the tribulation. We don't, we don't want the trepidation or the temptation. We, we don't want any of that stuff that goes with it, but yet goodness and mercy will follow you. Father, we pray right now, but as we, as we get ready to sing this psalm, Psalm 23, that you would open our hearts to grab the Jehovah that applies to us. Because like David, Lord, sometimes our life is a wreck, but you are our shepherd. In Jesus' name. Shepherd, I shall. 
And I wasn't sure if Pastor said it at this service, but I know he talked about the rod and the staff in the first. If you did, I must have missed that one. But he shared the rod and the st on the staff. It says that they comfort me. And I love the part where, and I think we've shared it before, but the rod, how the shepherd would write a testimony. He'd put like a notch. He would put a notch there. And, and maybe he would write, I was healed of septus. Um, you healed my marriage. You healed me. Um, you healed my daughter. You know, whatever he would put, whatever happened to him, that's just some of the things that have happened to me. And he would write that on his staff. And he would use that as a testimony. And he shared that the word testimony means do it again. And if God did it back here, today I might be going through something different. I know he can do it again. And then so he would look back, the shepherd would look back at his staff and say, you healed me here, you took care of the bear, you took care of the lion, whatever, the giant, whatever I was going through, he'd mark it on that staff. And that's what that staff would represent, the testimony of when God did that. And today we can look at that and say, when God did that in my life, he can do that again today because he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and he does not fail. We may, like Pastor said, have to go through some trials and some valleys and some hard places, but truly it is for your making, not your breaking. And then we just have to remember that. Sometimes the breaking of the, of the sheep is to make that sheep not go astray. And sometimes in our lives we have to go through situations, but it's to make us stronger. And if we can look at that as the testimonies of our sickness, because when it happens again or something happens, we're going to say, you took me through it. I know you're going to take me through it again. Amen. So he brought that out in first. and I wasn't sure if he brought that out. So um, I just love that. I mean, I love the whole thing, but I love the shepherd. I love the shepherd. So anytime he teaches on the shepherd, what a great shepherd we have that wants to protect us. He only wants good for you. He only wants to give you good. Sometimes we go through hard and some bad. But if we just hang on and do as his word says, just trust him. He's going to get us through it. and It's going to help you and you're going to be stronger because we went through this. Um, we have Dale and Monica who have such a passion for prayer. Um, God has gifted them and they... They just spend many hours just praying. So um, they're going to come forward, and um, we're just going to go ahead and we'll head out and let me pray for you. But if you have a need, you're saying, you know what, I just need somebody to agree with me this morning. I've gone through some stuff, or I'm in the middle of some stuff, and I just need somebody just to agree with me. And the Word says if two or three would agree is touching anything, then there I am in the middle, and I am there to meet that need. But our job is first we have to reach out. And we have to ask for help, like Pastor said. So if you have a need this morning, just come on up here as we close. And um, they would love to pray with you. And if you're sick in your body, they believe and declare healing. And whatever your need is, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, they're here to pray with you this morning. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are the great shepherd. We thank you that you are, Lord um, Roha, the Lord who heals us. We thank you that, that you, Lord, are Jireh, Lord, our provider. We thank you for 
for Nisi, Lord. You're, you're the banner of love over us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for peace, shalom. We, Lord, thank you for all of things that your presence is here. We thank you for every part that is broken down in, in Psalms 23 that breaks down who Jehovah is in our life. We thank you for that word. We thank you, Lord, that you are working all things to our good and you love us as the shepherd loves his sheep. He would lay his life down to protect them. So I thank you for that. I pray that over every person today at the sound of my voice. You be with them. You keep them. You guide them. You give them wisdom. You give them knowledge. You give them understanding, direction. Let the peace that rests, Lord, in their, in their spirit, in their mind, be with them. And we thank you for that. We ask you, Lord, to give them an awesome week and bring them back in Jesus' name. Come on up. If you just need somebody to pray with you, we'd love to pray with you. Love you so much. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.